Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Once again, so glad that you're here and excited for what God's been doing. Uh, how many of you have been enjoying CrossFit? Some of you might say, well, man, CrossFit makes me a little sore, a little bit uh, uncomfortable. How many of you know that sometimes it's good to get uncomfortable and allow God to stretch us and mold us and begin to challenge us in some areas, right? And so, again, we've been in this series called CrossFit. And we're going to wrap it up this morning, and really, again, what we've been talking about is what CrossFit is, is really the cross of what Jesus did, and through what he did, has established a foundation, has established a standard of living for our lives. And in the cross, and through the cross, and in Christ, we've got the victory. Amen. I said, we've got the victory. We've been given the right and given the ability to have success in every aspect of our lives, in our marriages, in our physical bodies, in our emotions, in in the things and the affairs of life that we purpose to strive for. God has given us the avenue by which we can have success. And so, uh, I wanted to wrap this up this morning. In fact, uh, it's kind of one of, well, it's just going to be kind of one of those uh, off-the-cuff kind of messages, if you will. And uh, so we're just going to believe God, believe God with me, uh, that we are going to say what needs to be said and that we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit in this particular message because uh, as I began to prepare and as we started to uh, get this series ready, there was some things that were really stirring in my heart that I knew that the Lord wanted to address and wanted wanted me to speak to and I was excited about it uh, prior to the message. And I'm like, praise God, all right, yes, God, I know that we need to address that, we need to talk about it. We've talked around it, we've kind of sidestepped it, but we've never addressed it really head on. And so I was kind of excited just to dive into it, and the further that we got into it, or getting closer to it, I just started getting a little bit uh, cowardly, if you will. I started kind of backing out of it and saying, well, maybe not today, maybe next time. Maybe we'll just let the Holy Spirit deal with people and just kind of talk to them and all those kind of good things. And and really what I was doing is I was just kind of uh, uh, being... I was just wanting to take the, the easy road. Does that make sense? And so I prepared a whole other message for this morning as we were going to conclude this series. And so it was probably about 11, 11.30 last night that God just kept stirring things back up in my heart. And I'm like, God, but I really don't want to talk about that. I really don't want to talk about that. I don't want to go there uh, because it's just not an easy subject to talk about. And uh, it's one of those subjects, too, that you kind of think, well, you know, this might be a pastoral suicide mess- message. <laughs> you know, it's just like, end it all right now. It is completely. Or uh, next week, I don't know. But we're going to just trust God. Is that all right? How many of you just want to hear from God this morning? How many of you trust your pastor? Do you trust that your pastor loves you? And trust that your pastor has a heart for your best welfare? And more importantly, you realize that when God speaks to you through a pastor, it's really the heart of God speaking to you because he cares about you and he loves you, right? 
And so, with that being said, you know, and again, you might say, well, why are we addressing this, or why did you decide to talk about this? Well, you realize that the Bible says this. It says that the shepherd knows the state of his flock, right? So, in other words, a good shepherd really knows the health of the sheep that he leads, right? But do you also know that the Scripture talks about the sheepfold, and he says, you know, there are the hirelings that are hired to do the work and tend to the sheep. But when the wolves come, they take off. Why? Because they're just hirelings. They're just paid to do the work, but they're not invested in heart. But I said, when the wolves come, the hirelings run off, but the shepherd comes to defend and help and take care of the sheep. So I hope that you'll hear this this morning as a pastor that genuinely cares about you as God's people because God wants the best for you. He desires the best for you. But again, we're talking about being cross-fit, right? Talking about being fit for the use of what God desires for us to be in our lives. Now, if you recall, we said this over the past several weeks, that Paul said this. He says, now, when it comes to being physically fit, he says, it profits a little. He said, but godliness is profitable for all things. So in other words, he says, now, if you're going to get fit physically, he said, that's good. And you realize you need to be physically fit. In fact, for that matter, if you're not physically fit, you'll never run the race to its end or into its entirety if you're not in shape. You've got to be physically fit. But the Bible also says that to be, uh, to be uh, spiritually fit, it's profitable for all things. So that means that if I would begin to prioritize my life and know that my spiritual health is the most significant thing that I need in my life, Because it will affect my physical fitness. How will it affect your physical fitness? Do you realize that if your purpose to pursue God, He will continue to talk to you about your physical health? Right? When you're purposing to eat the wrong things, the Holy Spirit will say, Ah! Right? Come on, don't tell me He don't do that to you. He does that to me. When, When you're... Pursuing a relationship with God, he'll, he'll begin to talk to you and say, Hey, listen, you know, your body is getting out of shape. And if you continue this way, there's going to come a point in time where you're going to wish you had and it's going to be too late. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're purposing to allow God to grow us and develop us in this relationship with Him. And as we do, it is effective. In all areas, it's profitable for all areas in our lives. For those of us that we might begin to say, God, I feel like my marriage is coming to an end. I feel like it's unraveling. I feel like, God, all hell is breaking loose. But how many of you know that if you'll purpose to grow in your relationship with God, God has the ability to redirect and heal a marriage? Now, let me just preface this because when you're walking with God and you're thinking, okay, God, I'm walking with you, now fix them. Do you know who God's going to talk to you about fixing first? He's going to talk to you because you realize that a marriage is two parties, right? And if there's a problem, there's 50% 50 of of, uh, responsibility, right? 
So once again, if you think that, man, God, I don't think my marriage can, can, can uh, be fixed, he'll start talking to you about how you as an individual can fix you that's going to benefit the marriage. Again, I'm talking about all different areas of our lives. If you're struggling emotionally, struggling with depression, struggling with the pressures of life, he will help and redirect you in the areas of your life because godliness is profitable for all things. If you're struggling financially, are we going there today? No, we're not going to really talk about it, but I'm talking about all areas or all things. When it comes to your physical, emotional, spiritual, marital, financial health, when you grow in your relationship with God, God will begin to mend and heal and make right all things to a position of being proper. Come on, how many of you know? That when you come to church, you think, oh, they're going to talk about money again, and I don't have money to give. But you know you're going to leave here, drive down the road, and you're going to see old, the, the old rally burger, and the rally burger is going to start calling your name. Man, I'm kind of hungry right now. And man, I think I got a couple pennies to rub together. I think I get that $3.33 special, man. I can get a cherry or a, a, an apple pie, a rally burger, a, a, a spicy fry, and a small drink, man, for all for $3.33. I got that, right? See, you'll spend money where you'll have a craving or something that compels you because you can. Just simply, what do you place a value on? Does that make sense? And so it's all about prioritizing this life and seeing that godliness is profitable or it has a value to affect all areas of our life. Amen? Now, God, Jesus said this. He said, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. So to follow Jesus is not hard. God never said that it is going to be a difficult thing to follow him. He says, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Do you know what a yoke is when it refers to a yoke? It's, it's that thing that goes over the necks of animals to do labor, right? But do you realize that there is a double-necked yoke that you can get into? And do the labor with. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. Why? Because he's in it with us. And he's not taking us anywhere that he's not already been. And he's not taking us anywhere that he's not going to go with you. And he's not going to direct you to do anything that he's not going to empower you or give you the ability or the grace to do it. Because he's right there with you. But how many of us know that when it comes to allowing God to mold us and shift us and get us crossfit, it's not always a simple thing. Why isn't it simple? It's because we get in our way, right? If we was to poll everybody in this place and we were to ask them the question to say, how many of you got things in your life that you say, man, I want to change? Man, I've got both hands, feet, and if I get the other one up at the same time, I lift them. I mean, there's things that I just, God, I want to see some changes in my life. And I think we're all that way. But you see, there's a difference between having a desire to change and the desire to pursue it because you realize that the evidence of your desire is in the pursuit. We can say all day long, God, I want to seek you. God, I want to know you. But if there's not a pursuit for him, then it's just talk. 
right? And so many of us would say that, man, there's things in my life that, God, I want to change. But, man, it's difficult to change at times. Why? Because we don't like change. And the reality is, is that oftentimes we don't change until the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. Did you hear what I said? I said oftentimes we don't make the change because the pain hasn't got great enough yet. But when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of actually purposing to change, that's when we take upon ourselves to do something. How many of you know that that's not God's heart and that's not God's desire? He doesn't want us to get to the end of the rope and say, okay, it's do or die, right? But sometimes that's how stubborn we can be when it comes to allowing God to mold us and shape us and develop us on the inside. And here's what ends up happening is oftentimes we want the changes to be on our terms, we want the changes to be on our terms in our conditions and the areas of life that are comfortable and familiar with us. But how many of you know that when God says, listen, there's some changes that I want to see in your life for the sake of you profiting and finding success, you can't stay where you've always been. you got to come over here. You know there's that definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And isn't that the life of a lot of Christians? We do the same thing over and over. God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. God, I want to change. God, I want to change. God, I want to change. But we keep staying in our circle of influence or what we know and say, God, come over here because I'm comfortable here. Change me here. And God says, no. It's not where you're at. You've got to take a step over here. It's a step of faith. It's a step that's easy. It's a step that's light because my burden is light. But I just need you to take a step of faith. Amen? Let me read a scripture to you that you might be familiar with. It's over in 2 Kings chapter 5. And again, it's really a picture that kind of relates to us in this life of pursuing God. And how many of you know that this is a year of 2020? I said it's a year of 2020. 2020 means perfect sight. God wants us to be able to see this year like we have never seen before. But if we're going to see like we've never seen before, we've got to have things come into clear focus. We've got to get the prescription readjusted. Because we've been looking through the lenses of things that we've always looked through. And again, the results and the landscape of what we've seen is what it is because that's the prescription that we're looking for. But God says, I need you to come over here into a prescription of 2020 so you can see what I desire for you. Amen? But yet we go around living life with a, a view that is out of focus, a view that is fuzzy because we continue to do what we always do. In fact, there was this... Uh, Maybe you can finish it for me. There was a campaign ad on TV that says uh, buzz driving is the same as. So you've seen the ad. So what does it mean? It means it doesn't matter whether it's a little or a lot. It's still the same. You're still impaired. You think, well, if I just dabble a little bit, I'm okay. But you see, if you just dabble a little bit, you're still impaired and you're not able to see clearly as God wants you to see right all right so let's look at this portion of scripture if you remember there's this man that desired to be healed 
by God and he sought to go see the man of God because he knew that the man of God prayed for individuals to be healed. And so it says here in 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Now, again, because this is one of those messages that we're just kind of putting it together on the fly, you may not see it on the overhead. So hopefully you brought your Bible, all right? Or just write them down. So 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 12, it says, uh, Are not the uh, Abna, uh, Abana and the Arfa, whatever, their, their river names, I, I just can't even say them. See, I didn't prepare for time to practice the names. So here's the thing. Let me, let me just give you the backstory, just so you know. The man of, of God uh, was going to pray for the king. The king says, listen, I've got leprosy. He says, I want the king to pray for me. When he goes to ask the king, or excuse me, ask for the prophet of God to pray for him, the prophet of God says, no, I ain't going to pray for him. Just go tell him to dip in the Jordan seven times. And so he says, are not the rivers that I know the rivers of Damascus, are they not better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash them clean? And so he turned and went away in a rage. Okay, so here's the story. He says, I desire to be healed. I desire God to do something in my life. And he seeks the man of God for direction. And the man of God says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. Now, his opinion of the Jordan was that the Jordan or the rivers of Israel were dirty waters. And he says, our waters are so much better. He says, couldn't I go dip in what I know? And so that's what we do as believers oftentimes. We say, God, I want, to, I want you to do what you do in the realm of what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. I know this over here. God, come over here and take care of my business over here. And God says, no, here's how I want you to do it. And so, as a result, he got mad. I said he got mad. <laughs> go tell me to go dip in the Jordan. Who does he think I am? I'm a king. What's he talking about? And that's what we do with God. God, you want me to do what? Remember, it's easy. It's light. He didn't ask the king to do anything hard, did he? In fact, after he got mad, look at what the servant, his, his servant said to him. He says, And a servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he asked you to wash and be clean? So in other words, here's what he's saying. He's like, now, if the prophet... Or if God was to ask you to do something hard, you would have done it, wouldn't you? He said, but he didn't ask you to do something hard. And see, that's where the rubber meets the road. We want God to show up in our lives, but it takes faith. See, we want to manhandle everything in our lives. I can control it. I can do it. I can make it happen. God, if you'll fit in my box with me, everything will be just right. And God says, now, I'm not asking you to do something hard. I'm not asking you to climb a mountain. I'm not asking you to flip over backwards. I'm just asking you to use some faith. I'm just asking you to trust me. And so the servant says, had he asked you to do something hard, would you have done it? He says, but all he did was say, go wash and be clean. And then verse 14 it says, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to what was said by the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Woo! 
come on. God didn't ask him to do something hard. He just said, will you do what I ask you to do? He said, because this is what you're familiar with. This is how you have put a band-aid on everything. This is how you've coped through life. This is how you've made yourself happy. He says, but if you want fulfillment, if you want to get CrossFit, if you want your joy to be full, step over here and just do this over here. It's light and it's easy and it's not hard, but you'll find that when you do what I've asked, when you've obeyed me, you'll find that your joy is full. Amen. Come on. But you got to understand, and again, here's where we get it. We, we, we end up doing just as, as this man did. Well, well, if I did something hard, or excuse me, uh, can we bargain with God? He says, now dip seven times. You only heard of the restoration or the answer to his prayers once he dipped the seventh time. What if he would have only dipped six times? He would have stayed the same. The seventh time was no harder than the first six. But had he stopped saying, well, I don't see any change. I don't see anything different. I don't see God moving. What's up? I mean, I've dipped six times already. You would think I would start seeing some results. But no, it's on the seventh time of the act of obedience that we begin to see God move in our life. Amen. And so we get tired saying, God, I'm looking for my joy to be full. I'm looking for you to do this. I've been going to church, but then we fight when I'm not happy anymore. So I go running back over into the areas and the realms that I know that, you know what, over here I know I get my happy on. Over here I know I get my groove on because over here is what I know. And I can make it happen. And I can do it all by myself without God. At least I think I can. Are you here this morning? You see, God wants us to learn how to trust Him. And this whole aspect of being CrossFit is really God saying, I'm looking for you to live a holy life. Jesus said, be ye holy, for I am holy. What does holiness mean? It means a life of righteousness. It's a life of pursuing God. It's a life of pleasing God. It's a life of knowing what grieves God and what pleases God. And God, I'm going to walk away from what displeases you and run to what pleases you and blesses you and causes me to know you and pursue you and see that my life is full of godliness and full of profitability and everything in my life because I pursue you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I know we haven't even got to the area of what I wanted to talk to you about yet. I guess I'm kind of dragging my feet. <laughs> well, you know, there's that old saying that says, garbage in, garbage out. Right? Garbage in, garbage out. So there's different things that we can look at. Garbage in, what do we put in our front of our eyes? What are we viewing? What are we allowing to be invested or ingested into our lives that is either profitable or non-profitable. Because if it's garbage in, it's going to be garbage out. But remember I said to you that oftentimes what we'll do is we'll revert to what is comfortable. And how many of you know that garbage is comfortable if that's what you know? If that's all you've known and if you've got very affluent and really agile and really, uh, I mean, you've been, you, you've gotten good at working with garbage because it's garbage in, garbage out, right? It's kind of like this. This is kind of the example that came to me uh, thinking about just getting physically fit this year. And I've had this conversation with my wife a number of times. I said to her, I said, listen, we need to get rid of the junk food. 
Because if there's junk food in the house, I'm going to eat it. Right? And so, I do really good for a while. I've been good on my diet. I've been disciplined. And so I go over into the cabinet, over into the pantry, where I know there's a bag of almonds. But I see on the shelf, there is one leftover bag of chocolate muffins. And the chocolate muffins start calling my name. And I'm thinking, I've been good all this time, and there's just one bag left. And so if I just indulge in this one bag, it won't hurt me too bad. But you know what? After this one, it will be gone, and I won't have to deal with it anymore. And so I give in to the compulsion to dive into the chocolate muffins. Right? Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about something that I've been familiar with. There's a craving and a desire that I've had because I know how it makes me feel. Man, I'm telling you, I've been feeling under, under pressure. I've been feeling kind of dumpy. I've been feeling kind of, ugh. And so I know, man, when I get the chocolate muffins, <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so good. You know what I mean? Come on. And I indulge because I'm familiar with it and there is a short-term gratification payoff. Rather than saying, you know what? God's given me not a spirit of fear but one of power, love, and soundness of mind. Or that soundness of mind is self-control. So therefore, I can look at that muffin and say, get thee behind me, devil. (laughs) Amen. Right? But what do we do? We cave to the compulsion Because my flesh is familiar with that. And even though I know God says that godliness is profitable for all things, I know right now this chocolate muffin is going to profit me right now in the moment. Right? And it's funny, but it's true. And it's true for all things in our lives. Because you see, the enemy is endeavoring to keep us in realms and in circles and environments and habits that we're familiar with that ensnare us in a life that pulls us or holds us back from God. Amen? And so God is wanting us to be able to get free. And so, this past week, we had the, the sex trafficking meeting, and there was the guest speaker. Her name was Leslie, and she was prostituted for years and just told of a, 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 just a horrid life. And she talked about one time, she said, I got to the place in my life where I said, God, if there is a God, if you're real, I need you. And she said, in that moment, she said, I felt the embrace of God. She said, I was still in the midst of all my junk. But she said, in that moment, I felt God come in and hold me. And she said, I knew that I was going to be all right. And then she went on. Now, again, this is a mixed audience of just people that are unsaved. So she's not getting real preachy. She's kind of preachy. But she's giving little tidbits and nuggets of how she got free. She said, I had to renew my mind in order to think differently, to live differently. Now, we talked about that from the very beginning, that if, it's, if we're going to purpose to get CrossFit, we've got to renew our mind and think differently in order to live differently, right? But in the midst of her talk, 
She said, you know what I did? She said, I purposed to do drugs and do alcohol, and I, I purposed to medicate to hide the pain and the frustration and the hurt and everything that was going on in my life. She said, I purposed to medicate. And she said, you know, people have the audacity to say to you, you know, you just need to get off the drugs and the alcohol. Now, again, in her vernacular, she said, shut up, fool. <laughs> she said, I know that. She goes, for somebody to tell me, get off the drugs and the alcohol. She goes, I know that. She goes, nobody that's doing drugs and alcohol desires to be addicted and hooked on drugs and alcohol. They're doing it because they're masking the pain and the hurt, the frustration and the things that are going on inside, the discontentment of looking for joy but not finding it. Therefore, I've got to put a Band-Aid on it in order so I can just get through life and manage and stop the pain. That's where much of the church is today. They're masking the pain. There's hurts. There's things that are going on on the inside. And people are masking the pain. They're masking it and thinking, well, that's a good time. Can't wait for the weekend. Because I'm going to get my groove on. I'm going to get my jaw full. No, it's just a medicated band-aid. Notice what the Bible says here. You doing okay? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let me read that again. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, who? The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So the devil is looking to devour people. Now, let's clarify, because if you're not a Christian, he's already got you. You've already devoured. You're already on your way to hell. So this isn't who he's looking for. So what that tells us is that he's looking for Christians that he can devour. But he says now, the way that he devours is through an avenue. He says, I'm looking for certain kind of people. Looking. Because these kind of, these kind of Christians are the people that give me access to devour their lives. I said, there's these people that I'm looking for in the church. And they give me access and give me permission to devour their lives because of their behaviors and their actions. It's because they are looking for a good time. They're looking to find that their joy is full. They're not trusting and relying on God. They're saying, you know what? This is my life that I'm familiar with. Oh, I'm going to get my happy on tonight. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm going to have church tonight. It might not be at the tavern down the corner, but I'm going to get my church thing on because I'm going to hang with the people. I'm going to be singing my song. I'm going to be giving my offering to the bartender. And I'm purposing to get my happy on right now because I'm going to do church. It's church. It's a different building. Now, once again, I realize this is pastoral suicide right now. But the devil says he's looking for people 
that are not sober. Now, you just helped me out a minute ago. Didn't realize I was setting you up. Drunk driving or buzz driving is the same as what? Drunk driving. In other words, you're not sober. So we can justify it all we want to. Well, you know, I'm just indulging a little bit. You know, I'm just kind of getting the tippy on. I'm just kind of getting my feel good on. What are you doing? Well, let, 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 me, let me back up. I'll close with this thought. Here's one thing that I realize. I said that I care about you and love you as a pastor. And so I know that it would be foolish and ignorant for me to stand up here and just say, stop doing that stuff. Stop doing that stuff. Because all that becomes is religion. Well, I know that's what church is all about, the do's and the don'ts. And they say, I can't have a good time, and i got to stop doing this, and i got to stop doing that. Listen, that's religion, and religion will kill you. But Jesus said, I've come to bring you freedom. And so, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you to stop doing that stuff. But what I am going to encourage you in is pursue Jesus the one that is the miracle worker, the one that is the joy giver, the one that is the feel good, the one that puts a smile on your face. And once again, you might say, oh, listen, it's not a big deal. Listen, you have simply invited the enemy to come and begin to devour when you partake of elements that cause you to be impaired. Why? Because you surrender your mind. And you surrender your heart. Are you hearing me this morning? Listen, I, I've, I know parents have thought this way. And there was a time that I thought this way before I had kids because I knew what kind of kid I was. And I'm thinking, God, you know, every kid goes through that stuff. Every kid has that opportunity of, you know, stepping out and indulging and, 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 and experimenting, you know. And I did it, so probably expect my kid to do it, Right? I've heard parents say, you know what, my kid, my kid's going to be the one that's going to take the dare, and he's going to be doing this, she's going to be doing all that, man, I just can see it now. And they're just this high. Can I tell you something? Obviously, you've lived it out in front of your children, so you've made it okay. But what you also don't realize is that you have given permission to the enemy to rule over your children. In the years to come. And when you say, you know what, I know it's my kid. He's going to be the one that's doing all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. What you have done is by your own words, you have set the road and the path for your kid to travel. And before they ever get there, you have already given the enemy permission by your mouth that that's the kind of child that they'll be. That they'll struggle with addictions. That they'll have cravings of the flesh. To bring about joy and satisfaction. And get my fun on because that's how we do it. Rather than knowing that Jesus is the joy giver. And again, if I can help you hear something this morning. I am not saying don't do it. 
Because, again, with God, it's not about the act of doing. He's wanting you to be free. And so there's a couple of things that I just simply want you to ask yourself. What is your pain? You might say, it's just normal to me, but it might be normal, but there's a normalcy because there is a pain. What are you trying to escape? Why are you not happy? Why are you not just happy in yourself? Why are you not just happy with your family, your kids, and your marriage? Why are you not just happy in your relationship with God? Why do you need something else to get happy? And there's something that I discovered about myself when I thought back to being a kid. Because I can remember my parents, my dad asking me one time, he says, why do you do what you do? Why are you doing that stuff? And I didn't have an answer. And I was asking the Lord about that this morning. I said, God, why? And God said, it was about control. It wasn't about rebelling. It was about you being in control. And so, what is it that you feel like you're out of control in your life that you say, I am going to take control into my own hands so that I can feel better? Are you here this morning? Man, I love you guys. And I hope you hear my heart and what I shared with you this morning. Because God wants you to have your joy made full this morning. He wants your kids to know the fullness of God. Amen? Well, we could talk more. But I think we've come to a place of calling it good. Did you do all right this morning? There's a song that you might know. This is how I find my battles. Anybody know that song? This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. Anybody know that song? Raise your hand if you've ever heard it. Is that how we're living in front of our families, in front of our kids? Or if our kids were to look at us and say, well, that's a good song, but that's not how we fight our battles. We fight our battles with a six-pack. We fight our battles with a t- Because that's how we cope. Or are we truly learning how to fight our battles, putting God as a focal point of our life? How many of you want God to fight your battles for you? You've got the greater one on the inside of you. Let's stand. Close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you just to think within yourself. What am I trying to run from? What am I trying to hide? What pain am I trying to eliminate? Because the way maker, the miracle worker, 
lives in you. If you're still trying to fill a void, I want you to know this morning that if you've asked Jesus into your heart, He's already there. Give Him permission and turn Him loose to fill the void of joy, fill the void of disappointment, fill the void of abandonment, fill the void of of love that you feel like you've never experienced. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to speak to the hearts of every single person and help them understand that this was not a message of condemnation, pointing the fingers, making judgments, but it was about loving on people to help them know you more. So God, I thank you that you're healing people right now. Healing the hurts, healing the pains, healing the past. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.